Hi, we're Shabby and Man, and we're broadcasters, podcasters, and everything else in between. And since this is probably going to be our season one, episode one. Oh, season one, episode one. Very ambitious. Yeah, obviously. very ambitious, yes. I thought we should perhaps give this podcast a context and talk about home, about identity, about our roots, about who we are. Oh, you mean like friends, the one with... The one where we talk about our roots. Ah, okay. So, roots. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. Going back to my roots is a song by Odyssey, but you probably wouldn't know that. No, I, but I do know about Levi Roots, whose source is very famous, by the way. It is indeed. Now, there's one argument that you and I have very often, which is about our children not being able to speak either Hindi or Punjabi or any Asian language. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why is it that it bothers you so much? When I see his friends, they're talking to their mums in Polish or Greek. I have to always speak to him in English and everyone knows what I'm saying. I think our children are going to have a very different life from the one that you and I had. So I don't see a problem in them understanding what we say and maybe not speaking the language. <laughs> That's because you and I don't speak in Hindi. We often we lapse into Hindi now and then, but we also speak in English. So naturally they are going to pick up whatever it is that you <laughs> and I speak in. You think so? Of course. I'm saying that they should watch the odd Bollywood movie. Okay, so let's start by looking at your childhood. Okay, now you have done... The two ends of the spectrum. You've been to oh, prep schools and grammar schools here. The two ends. The two ends. And you've been to total Hindi medium schools in India as well. How did you adapt so effortlessly? I think some people just adapt naturally. Hmm. I was one of them. I'm just as happy in London. In my, I remember in school days talking about Grange Hill, going to school, whatever. Or sitting in some little village on the corner of border of Nepal. Mm. and uh, sitting under a tree having a samosa with chai and you know with the samosa you get a bit of um, chana mm. and pudine ki chutney uh, excuse me is school tha ya dhaba better both actually the school was a dhaba <laughs> did you not find that when you came here you didn't know what your friends were talking about or when you went back no I didn't feel it at all actually I'm, uh, I was very happy mm. walking down the lanes of Soho or walking down Prathewali Gali in Delhi mm. no difference that's one of the things that I admire about you the fact that you're not snobby about these things that means a lot to me because you know your um, Savindro and you know your Janpat Oh, yes. I do remember you're very proud of that photograph you have. Your back garden it must be 70s Finchley when you're proudly wearing a cap and a satchel. It was a posh school, you know. Do you say satchel? You see how trendy satchels are now. Yeah, I know that. Actually, I passed that shop in Covent Garden as well. Huh? What was the Satchel Company? Cambridge Satchel Company. That's the one. I went to the equivalent of a state school in India from year one to year 12, all the way through my school life. Although I find it very surprising when people come to me and say, oh, but your English is so good. I feel like saying we've had about 300 years to practice the accent. You know, I think most uh, Indians are quite all right. Yeah, accent in a practice game. No, but seriously, we've taken the language and we've made it our own, of course. What to do? We're like this only. You were lucky that you were able to live in two countries and you were able to learn Hindi. You said on one hand you were learning Sanskrit and... Not that I learned it, I think I failed it. In case my kids are listening, we won't talk about that. Yes. For our children, it's going to be very different because they live here. They're hopefully going to work here. So, you know, as long as they understand us, I think that's okay. Yeah, but I still say that they should learn the language. They should be able to burst out into a Bollywood song if they have to. You know, in five years' time, if they see a pretty girl, they can say, Roop tera mastana. You don't want them to just say Maro English dialogues. You know, you want them to say, Main or meri tenai aksari baate karte. Not just, I'll be back. <laughs> For me, I suppose, you know, there was a bit of an identity crisis with my name. Because even living in a place like India, I'm a Hindu. I have an Urdu name. 
So naturally, people assume that I'm a Muslim. I was born in Calcutta. I was raised in Delhi. I'm married to a Punjabi, a British Asian Punjabi. I now live in London. Very confusing. Oh, what is this Kahani, Shabburani? No, there's no Kahani. The Kahani is that, you know, for me, it's always been when people ask me, where are you from? I find it very hard to answer that question. You know, this identity crisis aside, I think there's one reason why you and I work well as so, a team. So, one minute, before we, before we get into that, so you are admitting that there is an identity crisis in your life? No, there, there used yeah, to so be. Not, yeah, no, so please. Okay, It's actually a very romantic story, if you want to know. My mom and dad actually named me after a character from a book. It was a book named Shabnam that my mom was reading when I was born and she loved it so much. So, she named me after the heroine. It's a bit like Karina Kapoor saying, my mother was reading Anna Karenina, you know, when I was born. I suppose we should be grateful your mom and dad weren't reading Archie comics. Yes. <laughs> anyway, but I think the reason why you and I work well together as a team, you have, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but the most annoying thing about you... Oh, I'm sure you must have told me. Yeah, I must have. The most annoying thing about you is also the most endearing thing about you, I admit it. Looking back at our life, yours and mine, I think we've had a very interesting ride. Oh, this chalk and cheese thing? Not just chalk and cheese. I think the thing that I'm most grateful to you for is the fact that you filled in the gaps in my knowledge of... Uh, English culture that I wouldn't have got from either reading The Lonely Planet or reading about, uh, you know... Or watching Agatha Christie's. Yeah, watching Agatha Christie's, Sherlock Holmes, all of that. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember we used to watch telly together. And the first time I saw Stephen Fry on TV here, I only knew him as the butler from Worcester and Jeeves, yeah? Jeeves and Worcester. Jeeves and Worcester, because that used to come on Star TV, so I used to watch it there. And I remember I was watching him on TV here and you said, oh, but Stephen Fry, that's not the only thing he's done. Let me just tell you a bit about Stephen Fry. Yeah, I'm watching something, yeah? No, no, but listen to this. You're really going to love it, yeah? yeah? You're making me sound very talkative, there. Eh? Yeah, you were, you were. So you told me that... Did God, you, I must have changed. Yeah, did you know that Stephen Fry was actually a child genius? Child genius. You know, when he was a teenager, he went to jail for credit card fraud and his mother would bring him the Times crossword every single day and he used to do it. And then, of course, you know, he went to Cambridge and he joined the Footlights and then he teamed up with Hugh Laurie. You already know him from Jeeves and Worcester, right? All this while, I'm still trying to watch what's happening on TV. But you wouldn't stop there, would you? You'd carry on and you'd say that uh, then, of course, you know, um, in the 80s, Stephen Fry famously once, he was doing a play with Rick Mail and he did a runner. You know, he didn't turn up. Rick Mail, now let me tell you where you might have seen Rick Mail. You might have seen him in, in, seen him in India uh, in The New Statesman as Alan Bistard. Do you remember? And um, have you just learnt all my dialogues by heart? No, I haven't. It's just that I remember it so clearly. And then you'd say, hang on, Rick Mail was with Aid Edmondson and they were in The Young Ones. Aid Edmondson is married to Jennifer Saunders, who, of course, you know from French and Saunders. But she also did Ab Fab with Joanna Lumley. And guess what? Joanna Lumley has an Indian connection. Why? Because she was born in India. That's why, you know, she's so partial to the Gurkhas. Oh, by the way, tomorrow there's a documentary on uh, Channel 4 where she's travelled all across India. I know you're going to love it. We'll watch it together. I think you need to take a, a deep breath. B, is this a therapy session? It could well be a therapy session. What I'm trying to say is, while you have ruined my TV watching experience and I have no idea what Stephen Fry is actually doing in the show I'm watching, I think that was a little history lesson in itself on British pop culture from of the 80s, right? So what you're trying to say in a roundabout way, in a nice way, is that I'm this font of information, I'm this oracle. No, what I'm trying to say is, you watch far too much TV in your life. <laughs>